For years you've waited. You've wondered, is there more? How can I be a hero? Well, here it is. This is your life. This is your story. This is your fit. This is the Feud Life Podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Feud Life Podcast. The one and only Feud Life Podcast. Nobody else has this podcast except for you and me and the other people who are listening. And I'm so honored to have you along for the ride today. Uh, this month we are going to be looking at a movie I am so excited to look at, Wonder Woman. Uh, I absolutely adore this movie, uh, and I'm just so happy that we get to talk about it. I, I really have been awakened recently, or reawakened might be the, the better term, to just how blessed I am. Uh, as some of you know, I live in the Houston area, and, and we just got hit pretty hard with Hurricane Harvey, and thousands of, of people are displaced right now, lost their homes in one fair swoop, and it just really reminds you how precious uh, life is and also just how quickly everything that you've worked for can just disappear, uh, can be gone in, in just a matter of, of minutes. And I was, was very lucky that we had no damage to where we lived or our vehicles or, or really anything. And literally on the other side of our apartment complex, like 20 feet away from us, it was completely like the parking lot was underwater. So the fact that we just are, are lucky enough to live in this one particular spot where, where things were not super terrible is really just a, a, a moment for me to reflect and look at, am I doing everything that I can do to be the best person that I can be? And I think it really adds a lot of weight to the ideas that we talk about in this podcast and becoming a hero, uh, your own hero, and, and also a hero for the world that we live in. There's so many first responders and people volunteering and stuff who are, are truly living this lifestyle. And I think the fact that all our, our stuff can just be gone quicker than you can snap your fingers really adds some weight to the idea of, of internal gratification and drive or whatever you want to call it, but, but having character and having a set of skills to fall back on and, and just being a person who other people want to be around and see as a leader and, and a role model because that is something that no flood or tornado or hurricane could ever take away from you, the person that you are. And so it just it just makes me even more excited that today we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman. Uh, I absolutely adore this movie. Uh, I was waiting and waiting for it to come out on iTunes, just absolutely obsessed with it. I bought the soundtrack mere minutes after after seeing the film because I just wanted to take a chunk of that home. Uh, it was inspiring and motivating, and, and so I'm excited to talk about the points that we have today. I don't see the point in, in waiting because I know you're excited, I'm excited, so let's jump into it. Uh, our, our first point today, I titled it Truly Wonderful, The Mind of a Child Is, and if you know me at all, you know I am obsessed with Star Wars, so sometimes Star Wars quotes just pop into my head as a means of, of understanding and processing what I'm seeing and hearing. And so 
We start off this film with young Diana. She's like five to seven years old. She's the only child in Themyscira, but she has some innate qualities that we see in children, no matter what creed or race, religion, anything else that they are. It's just, there's a sense of wonder, a sense of wanting to learn and experience new things. There's an excitement about learning. It could be fighting or learning about the history of the Amazons. Becoming more knowledgeable is just something that matters a lot to Diana and matters a lot to, to kids. I can definitely say that as a teacher. It's why kids are able to pick up languages and music quicker than adults. Their, their brains are malleable, but more importantly, their heart is in it. And a problem that we face as we grow up and grow older, we, we become disenfranchised. Life, it tends to knock us down and tell us we're not good enough, which tends to, I guess, quell our desire to learn and grow. So you start asking yourself, what's the point of doing all this if I'm still just going to be second rate anyways? But this is not true of Diana. She's constantly learning and growing. She trains to fight to become the best warrior. She trains her brain by reading and learning new languages. And when the opportunity arrives to learn more about a world beyond Themyscira, she takes it. She asks questions of Steve Trevor from like simple things like the watch, which is just such a fun scene, to, to more complicated questions like the reasons for marriage. So looking at that, one might argue that she's going to commit her will onto the world of man by defeating Ares, but that's just one thing that's short-sighted. It's more complex than, than apples and oranges. It's this entire fruit basket of strawberries and pineapples and apples and grapes and more. She's going to fight, yeah, but she's going to protect the mascara, protect man, and, and learn more and become more. That vigor never leaves her. And if we want to be heroes, it can never leave us. We have to become more than we are, not because we're not good or worthy. No, it's, it's, we must learn and become more because by doing that, we don't become second rate. We don't fall behind. We can become better selves. We become better for the world and we better experience things on this, on this planet. It's education and learning. When you have that heart, you can do no wrong. I, I love every year when I get to present Star Wars to my students and we, and we look at the text and, and I've been watching Star Wars for, God, as long as I've been alive. And every year, one of the students recognizes or realizes something that I never even thought of. And it's that kind of mentality of being willing to change and grow that really escalates us to the next level. And, and that kind of leads into our second point because we talked about becoming disenfranchised and, and not feeling like we're good enough. I think a lot of that is because of this point, the, the second point we're going to talk about, society. And, and society creates this myth of who we're supposed to be and, and we're just supposed to accept it. But I don't think heroes do that. Heroes question. They ask questions and they bring change. This attitude or approach or whatever you want to call it, it, it starts immediately with Diana. She challenges her mother about training. Even though her mother is not only her direct authority, but the queen. And so she's the direct authority over the entire island and all the Amazons. 
This is why I wanted to talk about this right after talking about keeping that youthful vigor of a child. Not only does Diana want to grow and become better, she wants to stand up against things that are wrong or unjust. Whether her mother not letting her train is wrong or unjust is debatable, but the end point comes back to the fact that she maintains this attitude of standing up against things that treat people as less. The next time we see this is when Diana is in the store trying on clothes. I love this scene so much, not just for its humor, but it would have been very easy to make this just a scene of Diana stumbling over high heels and trying to learn to fit in, and, and most movies would have done that, but not Wonder Woman. And, and that's, I think, a lot of credit to, to Patty Jenkins and the writers of this film. Instead of, of seeing her just stumbling and, and not fitting in, we see Diana speaking out against how ridiculous it is, how ridiculous it is to have these clothes that she can't fight in. And yes, in the end, she does find her outfit, and it looks like it fits in the streets. But note what she's holding as she walks out of the store. She's still holding her sword and shield, reminding us in a, in a great, great piece of visual storytelling that the warrior is not made of clothes, but by her sword and shield in, in both a physical and a metaphorical sense. And of, of course, there could be the argument that Trevor, in a metaphor of male dominance, and the secretary, in a metaphor for females having fit in, take Diana's sword and shield and thus strip her of her warrior, the warrior part of her identity. That they, they force her to fit in. But I would defend that saying, look at the scene moments later. In this scene that is so cool in how it reflects Superman defending Lois Lane in the original Superman we talked about in episode one, where Diana defends Trevor by uh, hitting a bullet or blocking a bullet with her, her wristbands. Her wristbands that hinder her new conformist outfit. I really interpret that as Patty Jenkins, who is, is the director of this film, saying that no matter what Diana's inner self, no matter what her outer self is, her inner self is always a warrior. She's never going to truly conform. She'll always be Wonder Woman, this woman, this Greek hero who stands up in the face of adversity and challenges the status quo. It doesn't matter that Trevor is a man and she's a female. The reality is she has the ability to help him, and, and so she does. And it's been encouraging, really, really encouraging to be living in Houston right now after Hurricane Harvey hit. And, and that may seem odd to some, but if you live in Houston or anywhere in Texas, you'll understand. People have come together across political lines, social lines, religious lines, racial lines. Any line you can draw, people are crossing it right now because people are in need. It doesn't matter when you're sitting on the roof of your house trying to get safe and that person is driving their boat by. That person's not going to ask if you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Jew or a Muslim or Christian or gay or straight or freaking zebra striped. It doesn't matter. The status quo dies when people are in need and heroes step up. It's what heroes do. It's what Wonder Woman does. We see multiple in instances of Diana standing up against the, sta the status quo. When she walks into the large gathering of politicians with Steve, she hears what they're saying and just vehemently disagrees with it. 
all the way through being pushed out the door, she's yelling at them that what they're doing is wrong. And later we see her argue with the old white generals about their strategy. Now, one would think that just interpreting a text that is a mix of two obscure languages, and, and more importantly, interpreting a text that speaks of a weapon, a poison, that could kill a number of their men, that and citizens also, that these generals claim to be defending, you would think... They would at least humor her by letting her speak, but they're so trapped in their ways. They're so incapable of change. But conversely, you have Steve Trevor, who is changed. He's impacted by what Diana does in front of the generals, so much so that he's willing to risk his own life to get rid of the poison. He changes in that moment from someone who follows orders, who, that's the man we saw up to that point in the film. Think back to... Earlier in the film when he lands in Themyscira and is says, uh, they ask him, you know, what his name is. He says, I can't tell you that. Who do you work for? I can't tell you that. And eventually they have to force him to tell using the, the rope of truth or, or whatever it's called. But now he's changed by his interaction with Diana to someone who does what is right no matter what society says. And that, that leads us directly to our third point which is heroes do the hard thing. I think this is such an important point to take some time to really, really reflect on because it's something that's easy to say, but it's hard to live out. Like you hear heroes do the hard thing and you're probably thinking, duh, but I'm talking bigger than the normal interpretation of what's hard. It's not just fighting bad guys with your fist. It's making the hard choices that no one else can make, no matter the personal cost. We looked at something very similar to this in our Batman episode where Batman says I have to do this because no one else can I think that we see that same type of thing here in Wonder Woman she she trains behind her mother's back because she knows that one day will come when the world will need her she leaves her family she leaves the mascara because that need comes calling it would have been much easier to say to, to her mother and the queen, nah, I guess I'll stay, or to ask to come back when the war's over. But Diana knows that life is supposed to be more. So she goes, knowing she may die, knowing she will certainly never see her mother again, or in fact her whole family of Amazons, the island she grew up on, she's never seeing any of that again. And this is a trend we see with Diana. And, and personally, I think it's a good, good trend. I think that's why we're talking about it. In one of the most moving moments of the film, my personal favorite scene in the film, and one of my favorite cinematic scenes ever, is Diana walking straight into no man's land with bullets flying at her because it's the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. She never questions her, her inner conscience, her guide, she sees women and children are suffering for a war they're not even a part of. She sees this injustice. And, and on a side note, to go back to what we talked about earlier, she's able to communicate with the mother in the trench because she learns so many new languages. Again, that just reinforces how important it is for us to continually learn and grow. But looking back at where she actually walks into no man's land, she stands up, declares herself, maybe not in in word, but definitely in deed, that she is Wonder Woman. 
we see the full Wonder Woman outfit at this moment, headband and all, for the first time. She strips away the coat from her mother, which is a symbol of all that could hold her back from doing what is right when it needs to be done to protect the innocent. She's not experienced in this, even though she's trained as a warrior. She's never battled weapons of this magnitude, but all of that is irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. What matters is there are people in need, and she's going to do something about it. Heroes do the hard thing. And if we're going to call ourselves heroes, we have to do the same thing. And, and I'm saying this as much to myself as I am to, to you uh, fine, fine listeners. This whole experience, this whole journey is, is for me as much as it is for you because I think we can always be continuing to, continuing to learn and grow like we talked about before. As a teacher, though, to go back to what we were talking about, about heroes doing the hard thing, it's incumbent on me to be someone who does the hard things. Every year there are students who are behind grade level or who have just learned English or who have no support at home or behind the curve for whatever reason. It would be easy for me to give up on them, to let them slide through, give them participation grades and make sure they pass. But that would not make me a hero. If I want to be more, I have to give more. I have to not give up on students no matter what results be damned. The most important step that Diana takes during the battle at No Man's Land was not the leap of the car door, the, the shield moment as I like to call it. It was that first step of the ladder. This moment at No Man's Land reminds me of one of my favorite scenes in, surprise surprise, Star Wars. During Empire Strikes Back, Luke is uh, training with Yoda and the Jedi Master is warning Luke about the dark side. And Luke asks, is the dark side stronger? And immediately, Yoda shoots him down, saying that the dark side is easier and more seductive. But when you go down that path, forever will it dominate your destiny. It's easy for us to succumb to the easy path. We've all had choices in life where we knew the right thing to do, but chose the easy path. But if we're to be heroes, we have to stand up and we have to do what is hard. Work less hours and make less money to be with your kids. Go to marriage counseling. Get up at 3 a.m. to work out. Throw away that piece of cake. Whatever it is, your heart knows the right answer. Diana's heart knew the right answer to go help those people in no man's land. Your brain might trick you otherwise, but if you want to be a hero, you have to do what is right. And your brain will be saying, oh, don't do this, it's hard. But your heart and your spirit is what's really, really important. It's, in a weird way, mind over matter, but it's spirit over mind. It's pushing through those hard times. That last rep, whatever that rep for you is. The most powerful scene other than No Man's Land, in my opinion, is the scene where Trevor and Diana are walking up through the soldiers returning to London. These soldiers are beaten, they're battered, they've lost limbs, they have scars so deep, it's like so penetrating of their souls, that those who have never been in war cannot truly understand. But once again, Patty Jenkins is giving us another great moment of visual storytelling. On our path to become heroes, and this is Diana's first step towards what will lead her to be Wonder Woman, we must walk in the midst of pain. It's the only way to heal it. We must learn to empathize and sympathize, which is easy to say, but you know and I know it's hard to do. 
it's easier to be callous and judgmental, which again, I am as guilty of as the next person. But if we are to rise up and step into no man's land of our life, it starts with loving people, realizing their need and acting in the best way to respond to that and to heal that need. We have to, it is imperative. It is the only way that we can be heroes. And as heroes, this is what they call in the radio business, a great segue, we are gonna have villains to face, which is our fourth, fourth point, is talking about evil. And that evil can hide right in front of us. This point is where we come to realize how truly trying, how challenging those first three points we talked about are to live out. At the end of the film, we find out that Sir Patrick Morgan, that the nice older gentleman played by Remus Lupin, I know, I know, but he'll, he'll always be Lupin to me, is in fact Ares, the god of war that Diana had been after the entire film. He literally hid in plain sight. This is something that makes a really intriguing villain as it did with with Chancellor Palpatine, who eventually becomes the Emperor in Star Wars, or even in the real world with Hitler. Hitler, we all can agree, is literally the worst person to ever walk the face of the earth, did not hide. He was at the forefront of German politics and was, I guess, I don't know, charismatic or whatever it was that the Germans fell for him, even though he was evil. It's hard to put in words, but an evil that hides right in front of you, it, it dulls your senses. You learn to trust it, and you learn to almost believe in it. It could, whatever it is for you, it could be spending too much money, or doing things the way people tell you for no other reason than they told you to, or a plethora of, of reasons. But the reality remains that whatever that thing is that, that's holding on to you, like the belief that Diana had in Sir Patrick Morgan or the Germans had in Hitler, it's wrong. And it may seem harsh to compare your vices or my vices to Hitler because, like we said, he was literally the biggest douchebag to ever walk the earth. And I usually don't say that kind of thing, but he was not a good dude. But I think scaled down, it is that vile. It's that important for us to overcome on our own journeys becoming heroes because we cannot do the other things if our senses are dulled and this evil is plaguing us. With Wonder Woman, we see what can happen when our senses get dulled to the point of deception. Diana goes after Ludendorff, kills him, in fact, believing that he's Ares. He is the most adamant form of evil we've seen unto this point. He even inhales the super serum that provides him strength. As, as Dr. Poison calls it, says it'll return your strength, which, again, a great piece of film work to really get you to believe that Ludendorff is this evil that we're chasing. And Diana does a good thing by killing him. I think we can all agree that he was, again, not a good person. But the lesson in that moment is that she sacrificed the great for the good because she was so short-sighted and, in this case, so unwilling to change in her pursuit of Ares, which, look at Wonder Woman. She is a person of change and questioning like we talked about before. She's always learning and growing, except for this one point. It's like this 
was her vice. It was the thing that was holding her back from realizing, from fully actualizing her herodom. And we see her after she kills Ludendorff and the German army continues its preparations of the poison, she breaks. She becomes a broken woman. Now, trust me, I'm not bashing her because I think most of us would have acted in exactly the same fashion. But that's what's important. The lesson, the lesson here is that if we're to learn and grow, we have to be aware and be wary of that which seems too good to be true. Think about the scene where Sir Patrick Morgan comes to help the team. He shows up at the exact moment they need him with exactly the resources they need. Too good to be true. He dulled their senses so when the time was right, he would not be fighting Wonder Woman, but instead he'd be fighting a broken and defe defeated Diana. It's the only, it's only the love and friendship that allows her to regain her strength, step into her herodom again, and defeat Ares. We see it. She, she makes a choice to fully step into that, to accept that she was wrong, to defeat Ares. And it all was because of the love and the trust that she had of Steve and the other men in her, her group. She realized that friendship, again, another perfect segue, friendship defies social lines and status quo. That's our fifth point today. I think after looking at point number four, we can all agree that choosing the people to trust and the people to influence our lives is critically important. It said that we become an amalgamation of the five people we spend the most time with. So if we want to learn and grow and become heroes, we have to choose those five people very, very wisely. We all have hundreds, thousands of Facebook friends, but those five people we spend the most time with is really, really important. And that makes this maybe the most critical point we'll ever talk about. Because we've all had those toxic relationships that suck the energy out of us. They make us not want to do what is right, what is pure, worthy. It's exactly what Sir Patrick Morgan does to Wonder Woman. He gains her trust and leads her to a point of total defeat. She, he sucks the will from the very marrow of her body so that he can strike the final blow. This is a metaphor for toxic relationships. It could be a spouse, it could be a coworker, a parent, whatever it is, we all know that type of relationship. It leaves you feeling negative and defeated all the time. I personally have actually had a friend who was like this. The friend was always pointing out what was wrong with everyone except for me. Always negative, but in a way that I never really noticed. I got blind and I trusted. My senses got dulled. And, and this person, it's kind of unfair to put them as a metaphor for this, but it really helped me understand it because they're not a bad person, but it was just a toxic relationship. And when I cut ties with that person and the relationship died, it literally felt like a weight coming off my shoulders. I was happier, I had more energy, more vigor to, to face adversity. It's why this point is so important to me because I've lived it and I know you've lived it. So it brings me back to the team. Trevor, Diana, Chief, a whole, a whole bunch. I love how diverse this team is, not for any social justice reasons or political reasons, but for those, those are, you know, important points, but for the purpose of this podcast, 
it looks like nothing on the surface should connect them, but their loyalty is unwavering. It's an important thread that we see through every lasting story of heroism that's important to our histories is that relationships matter. Heroes tend to fight for those they love far more than any cause. And that loyalty is bred in the trenches of life. Again, the visual storytelling that Patty Jenkins uses is phenomenal. We're going back to No Man's Land and we see the team coming out of the trenches. We could call those the trenches of life to protect and fight alongside one another. It's that moment they become more than just a conglomeration of people and, and even more than friends, they become family. They're a unit forever intertwined. And when the time comes and, and we see Charlie and he can't make the shot to kill the sniper in the tower, does his family abandon him? No. Diana says it perfectly. When Charlie steps, he offers to step aside. She says, but Charlie, who would sing for us? So powerful because in just a few short moments before she was questioning him and wondering why he couldn't make the shot, but she doesn't abandon him. She actually fills his gaps by killing the sniper. And that's what family does. A family helps each other in times of need. They shore up each other's inequalities and stay loyal no matter how hard the battle. A family lifts each other up. The five people that you spend the most time with should lift you up as Diana does to Charlie and then Trevor does later to Diana by sacrificing himself. We're all this symbiosis as we go through life, intertwined by fate or by choice. But in the end, the truth remains. We choose to do life who we choose to do life with is of paramount importance. So my friends, I ask you to choose wisely, trust sparingly, and love fully. I love you guys if you are taking time to listen to me babble on on this podcast about my love of Wonder Woman. I love you for spending the past almost 30 minutes now. This is a longer episode, but I thought it was worth it to spend that extra time. I really, again, I just cannot say how, how blessed I am to have you taking time out of your day to listen to the Feud Life podcast. I really hope it provides you something to, to look in the mirror and challenge yourself to grow and become a better person, to become a hero, because it really is your life, your story, your fit. That's what Feud Life is all about. That's what my accountability groups are all about. That's what the programs that I run are all about. And if you are looking to, to take life to the next level, if you're looking to become your own hero, definitely message me on Facebook. You can find me on Brandon Boylan. You can find me on Twitter or send me an email at feudlifebrand at gmail.com. Let me know that, hey, I want to jump into one of these groups. I want to become my own Wonder Woman or Superman or Batman, whatever hero we've talked about so far, that I want to become that person. And we will definitely get you in a group. It is a, you'll have a great group of support people surrounding you worldwide. Uh, the programs that I run are, like I said, accountability groups, helping you get your nutrition on track, 
your workouts. You don't even have to go anywhere. I literally did a amazing 45 minute agility and speed workout this morning in my living room, having to run around my dog because he thought it was playtime. <laughs> and uh, it's just such a, a great experience to be part of these groups. It's been life-changing for me, which is why I want to share it with you. So again, feudlifebrand at gmail.com. And we will be back next month. Next month, this is September, which means next month is October. Halloween, the time when people dress up. And we're going to actually talk about a guy who dresses up, one Tony Stark. Yep, we're going to be looking at Iron Man, the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What, what I'm planning on doing going forward is, for the most part, looking at the Cinematic Universe of Marvel in the order that it was released and then I will intersperse uh, different episodes when uh, movies come out onto uh, home video. I'm old school like that, I still call it home video. So like when Spider-Man releases, we'll have a Spider-Man episode and stuff. That way we kind of are not chasing our tail forever. But again, we are going to be looking at the original Iron Man film, the next episode. And I am excited about this one because it started a fandom that is everlasting. It encouraged me to start this podcast. It encouraged me to really look at heroes in a new way because I relate so much to Tony Stark. Unfortunately, I'm not a billionaire, but when I get to do things like this and get to share my story with you guys, I certainly feel like at least a million, if not a billion dollars. So I say to you one more time, this is your life, your story, your fit. Thanks for listening to the Feud Life Podcast. The views and conversations shared on the Feud Life Podcast are of the podcaster's perspective and do not represent any franchises, licenses, or medical professionals. Any licensed sounds or copyrighted material are owned by the respective copyright holders and are shared for informational and educational purposes only. The Feud Life Podcast has no association with Marvel, Lucasfilm, DC, or any other brands or companies not explicitly stated during the podcast and is for educational and informational purposes only. Feud Life, this is your life. This is your story. This is your fit.